You're listening to episode 73 of the Climb Your Mountain podcast, Double Your Endurance with Hydration. Welcome to the Climb Your Mountain podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Maurer, a certified personal trainer, high altitude mountaineer, and ultra runner. Each week, I show you how to train, eat, think, and live like a mountaineer so you can boost your chances of reaching the summit. My passion is to empower people of all ages and sizes to get outside and live lives of adventure. Remember, mountain climbing will never be easier than today. So let's dive into the show. Hey friends, how you doing? (laughs) I have had a week since we last talked, okay? Let me tell you a little bit about this. So I actually, last week, went back to Ohio to help a loved one who is having some housing health issues clean out their apartment. And at the same time, my loved one was supposed to be moving to Colorado. And we had been working for weeks and months to make all the moving parts fit together. And it really looked like it was going to happen up until the night before I left. And then I found out that they weren't going to be moving. We had some more things to figure out. Um, I still had to go back and make the 20-hour drive back to Ohio and deal with the apartments. And so, yeah, that was pretty stressful. And then I got to Ohio and found out that my point person, the care manager, who had really been taking care of the move and all the things on the Ohio end for me, was just having a meltdown. And they they quit <laughs> right in front of me. They were like, I'm not quitting, but I'm not doing anything else on this. And I am sitting there thinking, so this is different from quitting how. So yeah, anyway, there was that. And then the movers came on the wrong day. They actually came a day early. So was in the house with no furniture, sleeping on the floor. But you know what? While this week was really difficult, it's also been such a testament to me on how I have so much emotional wealth and safety and how my mindfulness practice has just really cultivated all of this. Whenever things are just really bad and I'm everything is falling apart, I can always sort of drop into my body and just be like, hey, it's safe to feel. You are safe. There is no imminent danger. You're okay. Your loved ones are okay. And it's just really such a powerful feeling and has really helped me deal with stress and life situations in such a much more productive and healthy way without completely losing my mind. So not that it was easy, but I think back to if this had all happened maybe two years ago, I think I would have been just like lying on the floor unraveling. And, you know, I was able to function pretty well through most of it. So <laughs> a little plug for mindfulness practice there. If, if you really are looking for a way to charge up your mindfulness practice that also will help your sports practice, definitely check out my free download, the recovery breathwork session. You can actually download an audio session and yeah, just Start breathing your way to better health and less stress. So today, let's dive into our topic. We're going to talk about hydration. And I actually hesitated to talk to you about hydration on the podcast. I'm like, that's not a very sexy topic. It's not very clickable. I'm not sure, you know, my people are going to bed at night, like kind of freaking out, going, man, I really need to have better hydration. But the truth is that you do. Why does hydration matter so much? And here's the thing. We're all like killing ourselves, trying to work out harder so we can be faster and have better endurance. You know what really improves your endurance? Hydration. You know what really screws up your endurance, dehydration. In fact, this is more applicable probably to sports where people are 
working at higher intensity than hiking and mountaineering, but also true in our sport to some degree. But they really think, the experts that study this stuff, exercise scientists, think that when you're dehydrated, it like actually decreases your endurance performance by about half. So think about that. <laughs> like if you're out there just like working out, trying to build your endurance, and then you're dehydrated, you're just undoing all your your own good work. And one of the ways um, this happens is that dehydration actually increases the rate at which we burn through our muscle glycogen, which decreases our fuel stores. It makes us more likely to bonk. It also raises our body temperature. It actually decreases our blood volume. So there's all kinds of things going on that are just not very helpful whenever we let ourselves get dehydrated. Other benefits of staying really hydrated helps prevent altitude sickness, helps prevent exercise-induced headaches after you've been up at altitude working out, which can affect some people. It also helps you to absorb simple sugars like gummies and goos. So if you're eating, it helps the fuel get into your bloodstream faster. And if you choose for it to be, we'll talk about this in just a minute, your hydration can also be a source of electrolytes and fuel while you're working out. If you were just like, what and what? Hang on, we'll talk more about that in a minute. And then very important to your safety, hydration regulates your body temperature. So you're less likely to get heat illness, like heat stroke, heat exhaustion, but also hypothermia in cold conditions. A lot of times when it's cold, we think we don't need to drink as much, but we really do. It's still really important to help us stay safe and prevent things like hypothermia. So if hydration is so damn important, why don't most people drink enough water during exercise? And I think fundamentally, they don't realize how much they're actually losing. So exercise means you're constantly losing water through sweat and evaporation. But in dry mountain conditions, it may not be obvious how much you're sweating. It's a funny story. When I first moved to Colorado from Ohio, which is very humid, and even in Denver, even though we're not up in the mountains, it's still pretty dry here. I would actually go days without taking a shower because I felt so clean. I'm like, I don't even, I would be like sitting there three days later and I'd kind of like be like sniffing and I'd be like, oh my God, when was the last time I took a shower? But (laughs) you feel so clean because you don't feel sweaty. You don't feel clammy. You don't. And this is also true during exercise. I think, you know, you may not realize that you're sweating and it's evaporating directly off your skin. This is even more true as you go up in the mountains. And this is true even in human climates. As you go up in altitude, the evaporation increases quite a bit. You may not realize you're sweating. Another thing that's happening that's invisible to you in the mountains is as you're breathing with each breath, you are losing water to evaporation through your lungs. (laughs) The very act of breathing is dehydrating you. So even if you're just like sitting on the couch in in your hotel in Leadville, Colorado at 10,000 feet or in (laughs) like even better example in like La Paz, Bolivia, which is like 12,000 feet, just sitting there is dehydrating you. All you have to do to dehydrate yourself is just breathe. Other barriers to hydration, having the wrong gear system. If you have a water bottle that you keep inside your pack or it's on the outside, but maybe it's in a pocket that's really awkward to reach, you're probably going to drink less than someone who can sip easily on a hydration system. And we'll talk more in just a moment about gear and how that can really impact your hydration and what gear to choose. 
Another thing that can be a barrier to hydration on hikes is feeling slow or rushed or behind. Often when we're rushing to keep up with the group's pace, we really don't take care of our own nutrition and hydration needs. So resist the urge to be pulled along by other people. One way to really combat this is to hydrate every time the group stops, you know, take a few sips of water. You should also eat something, but don't be afraid to stop if you need to and have the water, have the drink. At some point, that water, that food fuel is what's keeping you going. So if you just keep neglecting it, then you're not going to get any faster and you're probably going to have an even harder time keeping up. So it's just going to turn into this toilet spiral. Is a toilet spiral a thing? I don't know. This like downward spiral that gets worse and worse. So hydrate, eat, even when you feel like you don't have time. So let's talk a little bit about planning for hydration on a trip. So you should plan your hydration just like you plan out your food. A couple of questions to ask yourself as you're preparing for your trip is, how will I carry my water? What kind of gear do I need? As I mentioned, the hydration system promotes more frequent drinking, but it can freeze in cold weather. There are some little tricks you can do, like blowing the water back down into the tube to delay that. But ultimately, your tube can freeze up. It can be really hard to drink. This is even true if you have an insulated tube. At some point, they do freeze up. So for cold weather, for mountaineering trips, a lot of people take bottles. They're less likely to freeze. But then, you know, you need to stop to drink out of them. So a good fix for mountaineering, one I like to do, one a lot of people I know use, is to buy an insulated bottle parka. I'll put a link to one in the show notes so you can see what I'm talking about. And what it is, is you can put your... It's a little holder for your bottle. It's insulated, so it keeps it from freezing longer. I mean, it'll eventually freeze. But the cool thing about it is you can also attach it to your pack strap. So it's easy to reach whenever you want to take a drink. You don't need to take off your pack or try to do acrobatics to reach something that's in a pack pocket. You can just drink easily anytime you want to. Other things to plan. How much water will you start with? This is somewhat individual. For example, a really big guy probably needs to start with more water than a five foot one woman like me. And it also depends on the type of trip you're taking and your ability to refuel along the way. So for example, if your trip is a race, like a trail race, there's aid stations. You can often get away with taking, you know, just enough water to get between aid stations. And if you're on an unsupported trip, maybe you're doing a long trail run, like you're going to try to run the four pass loop in Colorado in one day, for example, you don't have aid stations, but you do have lots of water sources. So you could, if you have a way to purify the water, refill your bottles as you go. So just taking some time to think about how much you're going to carry. Are you going to be able to refill? And also, if you're going to refill, do you need to take water purification along? So some examples I really like for, especially for trail running, since they're light, are there's iodine tablets. The brand I use is called Potable Aqua. You could use a SteriPen, which uses UV lights. I'll put a link to that in the show notes if you want to check it out. Or I've seen a lot of people using Sawyer bags lately. They're just like bags that you can fill up and either drink out of or squeeze into your hydration system, your water bottle, and it purifies it as you're squeezing it out. So I'll put links to all of those in the show notes if you really want to check them out. Um, In some cases, maybe you want to take some money, especially if you're out trekking. Maybe you'll pass through a village or a town, or maybe there will be people out on the trail selling water that you can buy. So in some cases, it makes sense to carry a little bit of money. And a last question to think about is, 
Will you use a sports drink as a fuel or an electrolyte source? And we'll talk more about that in just a moment, how you can do that if it's something you want to do. And in, in that case, you might want to mix that up ahead of time before you actually head out on your hike. So let's talk a little bit about hydration before, during, and after your trip. These are all important, all things to plan for. So Basically, good hydration, it really starts about 24 hours before you go. You want to do what's called pre-hydrating. So that means that you're just sipping frequently on water or clear liquid. This is especially important if you're up at altitude where you're losing water to evaporation with each breath, even while you rest. Now, a lot of people hear this and they're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to take like a gallon jug of water and pour it down my throat. And there is no need to do that. There's no need to force water down. If you do that, you're probably going to end up drinking more than your body can absorb, and you, you'll actually just pee it out. It won't have any extra benefit for you. Also, that can really upset your stomach at altitude. And if you get really extreme about it, you can actually start to delete your electrolytes, which can be really bad. We'll talk about that in just a moment. But yeah, there's no need to force water down. Just sipping frequently is, is the best way to go. And then as your trip is getting closer, maybe say at breakfast, if you're going to take off in the morning, just having a nice, big, refreshing drink, maybe two to three hours before, and then maybe a glass of water about 20 to 30 minutes before you actually take off hiking, running, whatever it is you're going to do. So if you follow those steps, you're probably going to start pretty well hydrated. And then your whole mission (laughs) as you're going along is just to maintain that hydration as well as you can, knowing that it is normal, especially on these really long trips that you will get a bit dehydrated. You will lose some body weight in the form of water weights, but doing the best you can to replace everything. So how do you do that during a hiker run? Once again, sipping steadily is your friend, especially anytime you feel thirsty, but anytime it comes to mind, maybe just taking a few sips. You can take group drink breaks every 30 minutes if needed. If you're in cold weather and everybody has bottles, this can be a really effective strategy just to make sure everybody's staying hydrated. No one's like struggling to keep up and skipping their hydration or their nutrition. Um, If you're carrying a hydration system, definitely check the water level in it when you stop just to avoid running out of water and surprising yourself. The hydration system's in your pack, so you often can't see if it's getting too low until you take a sip and there's no water there. So just keeping an eye on that. And then carrying your water purification, as we talked about on longer trips. Maybe deciding ahead of time as a group where you're going to stop and refill your water at a lake, at a stream, at a spring is a really good strategy. So another thing to think about as you're going along out there is your electrolytes. And ideally, you thought about this during the planning stage. But just to reiterate why this is important, if you're going to be out longer than 60 minutes, it's a good idea to make sure that you're using electrolytes. What are they? They're basically dissolved minerals like sodium and magnesium that are dissolved in your blood, and they regulate water movement in and out of your cells. And if you drink too much water without consuming electrolytes, this can actually cause a life-threatening electrolyte imbalance. It's called hyponatremia. So it's really important that anytime you're drinking lots of water, you're also consuming lots of sodium and ideally other minerals as well. So one of the best ways to do it, if you can get enough electrolytes by doing it, is through food. So just eating things like chips, salty foods, pretzels. If you've done trail races, you'll often see at aid stations that they have pickles. 
pickles and pickle juice. These are all just really good ways to get some sodium into your body that's just going to digest in naturally. Another option is to use commercial electrolyte tablets. I'll put a link in the show notes to the ones I really like. They're called Noon Sport, N-U-U-N. I think they're really delicious. They taste good. They, they're not adding like any extra calories or extra fuel, but they are adding some electrolytes to your water so that you don't have to worry so much about eating enough electrolytes. I really love them. Some people don't like the taste. So definitely check it out. Find a flavor you like before you really depend on these. Some people do use products like salt tablets or eat like a spoon of pure salt. And I think generally, if you can get your electrolytes from food or from a tablet, I think that's a little bit easier on your system than dropping a salt bomb in there that just goes straight into your blood. If you can absorb it slowly by getting it through potato chips, for example, I think that's the better way to go. I am not a dietitian, so if you are really struggling with electrolytes, that might be a good thing to talk with them about, but I wouldn't recommend it as your first port of call. One other thing to think about as you're out there exercising is using sports drinks for fuel. So getting your carbohydrates through liquid is the fastest way to get calories into your bloodstream and available for you to burn during metabolism. And sports drinks can also be a good source of electrolytes. So can help with that part of the equation. And this could be especially effective at altitude when you don't feel real hungry. So you know that you should be eating carbs and salty foods while you're hiking, while you're running, but you might just feel nauseous or especially after you eat, you might feel just like the food takes a long time to digest and really causes heartburn. So sometimes drinking can be a way to deal with that so that you can get enough fuel without having to eat stuff that's upsetting your gut. One thing to be aware of is sports drink does upset the gut itself in some people. Just having that level of carbohydrates coming in can sometimes cause diarrhea, stomach upset. So definitely test any sports drink on your long runs, on your long hikes before you go out there and use it on your goal trip. Definitely this is something you want to test very thoroughly, trying different drinks, finding one that works for you, seeing how it feels in hot weather and cold weather and the kind of weather you're likely to experience. Finding out if you need to mix it in the field or replace it in the field, how are you going to do that? Are you going to carry it as powder? So all things to think about and to test during those long runs, long hikes, before you actually need to get out in the field on the goal trip and rely on that sports drink for fuel. And another thing to remember is sports drinks are not a substitute for food. Um, I've actually tried to do this where I did only sports drink and a lot of times I just felt really hungry and uncomfortable. Like my stomach was, I was probably getting enough fuel. I, I definitely felt like well-fueled, but my stomach was growling. My gut was kind of like, hey, what's happening? So even though you probably won't need to eat as much, definitely still take some food along, expect to feel hungry. And sometimes it's just better for your comfort and peace of mind just to put some food in the stomach, even while you're using sports drink. I think using both is definitely the way to go. And then after your run, hydration still should continue. So one thing that's really fascinating to do, if you have a chance to take a scale with you to the trailhead and like kind of hop on it and weigh yourself before and then weigh yourself right when you come back, you can see that you lose weight whenever you're out there hiking. And the bad, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but like most of it is water. <laughs> Even on a really long hike, if you lose a few pounds, it's mostly water that you've 
evaporated through sweating, through breathing, and you just have not replaced. So immediately after your trip, it's really important for your health, for your recovery, that you replace that. So right away, you know what I'm going to say, start sipping on that water, and you're going to continue for several hours. If you know how much weight you lost, you can actually replace that amount. You can make that your goal. So a good rule of thumb is two to three glasses for every pound of water weight lost. But otherwise, let thirst guide you. Keep sipping, keep sipping. Keep reminding yourself that water is important. And as you're rehydrating, it's also important to continue to eat to promote recovery, but then also to maintain your electrolyte balance. So eating and drinking after a hike, it usually comes pretty natural, naturally to most people. But if you're at altitude, really important to just try to get some foods in that feel good, that stay down, that don't cause a lot of discomfort, even if you have to just take it slow, nibble on things while you're sipping on your water, definitely make sure it happens. So friends, that's what I have for you with hydration. So much hydration stuff. I hope this is going to be incredibly helpful to you. And hopefully it will really help your performance. A lot of people once they really get their hydration game going, are surprised at how good they feel. And they're like, wow, this is like a month of training. (laughs) I think once you get your hydration and nutrition games both going, it definitely like adds so much to your performance. You probably will be really surprised, pleasantly surprised. So yeah, if you have any questions about the episode, hydration, or anything else about mountaineering training, mountaineering nutrition mindset, definitely reach out. You can talk to me on Instagram. My handle is at Misadventure Pants, or I also have a Facebook group. It's called Mountaineers and Backpackers in Training. So hop in there if you want to hang out on Facebook. And yeah, have a wonderful week. Have lots of fun. And I will catch you back here next Tuesday. Hey, friend, if you're enjoying the pod, there are two simple and free ways you can show your support. First of all, please share this with a friend who might find it helpful. And second, please leave a review on iTunes. Your support means the world to me. Thanks so much for tuning in.